Hi, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. And I'm Matthew. And this week we're doing episode, fuck, what episode are we doing? It's episode seven. We're doing season one, episode seven. It is called Where There's a Will, There Is No Way. It's that's true. That's very true. That's exactly how the saying goes. Yes, that's <laughs> totally a thing. I can't believe we've been doing this for seven weeks now. Actually, we've been doing it a bit longer than that. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We may have stockpiled some episodes, so I'm just going to apologize here and now for my really no longer relevant Leonardo DiCaprio joke in episode four. So let's read the episode description, shall we? That sounds perfect. Okay. So episode seven, where there's a will, there's no way. Grace claims the reason she's not dating is because she's having too much fun, in quotes, with Will. That was very nice of them to put fun in quotes for us. Oh, it was. It's in quotes. It's scare quotes. And that's what Grace says. Yes. She says she's having too much fun. With Will. With Will. I think what she means is, we're a little too codependent. I don't know how to deal with this yet. And clearly you're the problem. Right. Which, I mean, there was an argument you made there. I think more than usual, I identify with Grace's episode. Mm-hmm. Um... I also have, well, we both also have codependent tendencies. Sometimes. What? I, I mean, I don't want to say that for sure, but I'm, I'm not a doctor. So mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident from reading WebMD like a hundred billion times in my bed when I should be sleeping. While I'm laying next to you. Right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very real feeling is when you, you know someone really well and they're your best friend, you spend all your time together with mm-hmm. them, and you're both single and your days when you're feeling really insecure, you're just like, oh shit, like... Is that it? That is kind of the crux of the episode is Grace asks herself that question. She's in this new phase of her relationship with Will, who she's known for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. But now they're living together and that's totally, to her at least, changed things. Yep. And she's asking herself whether that's the reason that she can't find love. And I think, spoiler alert, to jump ahead a little bit, I think the episode pretty clearly proves that it's not true. Yes. Um, I also found myself very... Surprised because I, I usually relate a little bit more to Grace than to Will. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, I found myself just hardcore identifying with Will with this no patience for this bullshit. I am not playing along. You're being batshit cuckoo crazy banana pants. Right. Like, just no. Which I thought was kind of a cool twist because, first of all, the episode takes a long time to get to the point where Will and Grace get to this crucial conflict. Yes. You do get a little bit of Grace trying to date and going on bad dates and talking about it with a bunch of people before... The moment, which we'll talk about later, where Grace comes up with her epiphany. Yes. Um, And then she gets the epiphany sweats. Right. But I can see there being a real temptation for the show to say that they both real, like, they both have this epiphany. And Will's like, oh, no, this is why I can't find love. And then they both just tailspin. Right. And I think it's really interesting that Will doesn't do that at all. Yes. I thought that was really good and very interesting for the 90s, which I feel like um, just kind of, like, in the episodes we've watched and talked about before... But they tow that line a lot more closely and they tip over into like the icky tropes Mm -hmm. a bit more than I think we want to see as viewers in 2016 of a queer persuasion. So it was kind of nice to see that like Will wasn't like, yeah, I totally agree. We aren't able to find love because our totally platonic and super awesome supportive relationship competes with a non-platonic relationship. Right. That it was nice for a couple of reasons. It was nice because it was funny, yes. for one thing. It was pretty Because funny. Will, I mean, Will's always kind of the straight man in the production, but not quite to this extent where Grace is just completely off the rails. Yes. And he's like, okay, I'll just wait for you to get back. Yes, like, because like the last time that we see Grace kind of go this much off the rails was, I think in the last episode, William Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but she does it with Jack as her straight man. Yes. Which just is hilarious because Jack's about as straight as, um, I don't, something really not straight, like a curly hair or like a, a slinky, like a banana. Like a really curvy banana. A really curvy banana, like a penis. <laughs> like, just with all the curving. Like, so it was just like, the last time we saw Grace kind of spin out like this. Right. Her only foil was Jack, who was just like right. feeding the fire. Right, of course, because he's Jack. Because he's Jack. And I think, and I'm trying to think when the last time it would have been with Will was. Would it have been the bathroom situation? It might have been the bathroom situation. Maybe a little no, bit? No, it was probably um, with the Harlan re- reno. Because she kind of is pissed. You're right, but I think that episode puts Will more at fault. Yes, it's definitely more Will's fault. But I guess you're right. I think the last time we really see Grace spin out where she's being a little cuckoo banana pants right. um, may have been in the bathroom renovation right. episode. And that's very interesting to see, is that we're letting Will be a little bit more stable in this episode mm-hmm. and Will be more trusting in their relationship. Yes. You see, this episode, like, in my brain, the way I'm picturing it is just sort of like, there's Will, and then, like, Grace is essentially like a Beyblade, and she's just like... Zipping around, like spinning like a fucking top. Just There's like gonna be so many people listening to these episodes who don't know what Beyblades are, either because they're so much older than us or because they're so much younger than us. Yeah, that's very disappointing. Hey, you hip kids! Did you catch my elderly crotchety old reference to Beyblades? When you want to look it up on the Wikipedia that I've heard of, it's B E Y like Beyonce, and then blade like what you use to cut up cheese. You guys have ever noticed, but every time Matthew does an accent, it's the wrong accent. Yes, it's a tradition of mine. I actually have it trademarked. It's 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 very funny, and usually when he tries to be British, he is Russian. And I think a few episodes ago, he tried to be Southern, but Mm -hmm. he was like, I don't even like a nineteen forties like forties gangster, yeah, forties gangster, yeah. And I think I think this time I was going for old man. And I settled on, what would you say? Southern. Southern? Yeah, you finally managed a Southern accent while trying to be an old man. I was at least like a middle-aged Southerner, though, right? I was like, you were kind of like Colonel Sanders. I don't know. You know, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. So, anyway, (laughs) circling back to the episode. The actual point of what we're talking about. Yes. So, essentially, we have Will being like, what the fuck is this shit? Right. And then Grace kind of being like, (laughs) just like running around like a crazy person because she's just decided with her... Big old epiphany sweat. Right. That just the reason that she can't find love or feel anything for any super hot guy is because she's just having too much fun mm-hmm. with Will. Right. Well, I think, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit off mic. There's, there's a little bit of truth to that. Is that when you, depending on your perspective, when you have a really close friend that you start living with, you want to do stuff with that close friend because that's why you moved in with them. Yes. But I, I just, I guess this is just my opinion and it's sort of like, mm-hmm. we've talked a little bit about this personally off mic. I just, I love you. Mm-hmm. You are my best friend. Right. We live together. We have a lot of fun together. Mm-hmm. And we also spend a lot of time on the couch watching Netflix, which is fun, but not like highfalutin, high energy fun. Right. But like, I don't like sit there while we're doing this being like, oh, you know, the reason that I'm not getting banged out by some sweaty person <laughs> is because I'm comfortable around my best friend. Like, I just don't see those as like, like they're just like so far in the distance, so right. completely parallel, like two ships crossing in the right. night never impact. So I guess I just, I don't really see it as like, <laughs> other than like maybe like a time thing. Like I could see like the only comparison is like, oh, I might spend more time with a different person. Right, right. But, like, I don't know. I feel like since I've moved in with you, I've gone on more dates. Mm-hmm. They've gone nowhere, so maybe I'm actually just crazy and Grace is right. <laughs> but I don't know. I just I don't feel like having <clears throat> a very super close friendship with someone you live with competes necessarily with romance. Well, I think speaking from from my personal perspective, because this is something that I've, I have 
felt off and on as we've lived together. I think it, it comes from two things. It comes from adjusting to that new relationship. Right. Because in both our relationship and Will and Grace's relationship, this is a totally new thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I only have one roommate experience that is anything like this, and it was still a totally different situation. It was me and two friends, and one of them I was close to, and one of them I wasn't close to. We became close. But right. it still wasn't this dynamic that we have, where we've known each other for years. Right. Now we're living together. We finish each other's... Sandwiches? Right. And the other thing is, and I think that this is a trait that I do share with Grace more than more than in this episode, is it's it's a, it's a thing brought of insecurity. <clears throat> you know, I mean, like, everyone is insecure, but, like, it's what? the sort of thing I know. It's the sort of thing that you don't think about when you're on the couch. Right. It's the sort of thing you think about when you aren't with the person that you're, mm. that you're in the, you know. You so know it's something you and think that's something, about when you're on the bad date. Yes. It's something you think about when you're on the bad date. You're it's like, something you think about clearly this bad date has nothing to do with me or this person and everything to do with this bitch I live with. Right. Or it's something you talk about with your friends. I mean... Grace does realize it in a situation where she's with Will, but she's thinking about the conversation she had with Karen earlier in the day. She's thinking right. about the date she's already had. You know right. what I mean? That's true. When you're with the person who is your best friend, who makes you feel secure, mm-hmm. you don't have those feelings. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I Yes, but I still disagree. Right. But that's, I, just your, coming, that's your prerogative. <laughs> just coming not only from my own personal experience, but also from just like a like person who is queer and educated and has a mind a little bit towards academia. Just this idea that, like, it kind of, like, plays into that, like, icky, gross sort of, like, you know, having a gay best friend and sort of, like, having a, a Prada, mm. whatever, thing where it's, like, an accessory and it's, right. like, they're my gay husband. It's, like, mm-hmm. no, they are not your husband. They are in no way, like, a romantic mm-hmm. person in your life. They're not fulfilling those same emotional Right, needs. exactly. So that, it kind of bothered me that she's, like, clearly the problem is that you are fulfilling all of my emotional needs. Right. And I'm just like, but he's, but they're not a romantic need. There's, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're right. wrong. On the other hand, there definitely is the possibility for overlap. And I think that's very telling in that the scene in which Grace does have her epiphany sweats yeah. is literally a scene in which they're ballroom dancing. Oh, okay. So I think before we talk about that, we might need to make a confession to you people. Uh-oh. And that confession is, in the fall of... 2007 and the spring of 2008 Matthew and I took swing dancing lessons <laughs> da, 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 da. yeah it was great that's not swing dancing it's not castanets either no it's my fingers it's I not. have 10 of them and they don't are there none of them are castanets none of them are castanets it's very disappointing I, I can vouch for the fact that you don't have castanets I've complained to my parents so many times but anyways getting back to it <laughs> so I I enjoyed that scene just because I have so many like really like fun, happy memories mm-hmm. of us in high school because, okay, let's just discuss how gay is Matthew right now. Mm-hmm. So we're in high school. We have this really good friend who's very close to a dance mm-hmm. teacher. Yep. And she's like, you guys are a couple. You should do swing class with me and my boyfriend. And my response was, <laughs> funny. And Matthew's response was, oh, yay, ballroom dancing. Oh, please. Oh, please. Can we, we do can get it? dressed up and I can do the spins. Yes. I really want to do the spins. He got to do some spins. I did, and I think I really pushed for them. Yes, you did. <laughs> that should have been a red flag. Yes. Um, also, an embarrassing confession. Um, so my first dance recital <laughs> was because of the swing class when I was 17 years old. And the other people in the class, it was very fun because it was me and Matthew and then right. our friend and her boyfriend. Yep. And we were all in high school. Her boyfriend was in college, but he went to college nearby. Right, right. Um, so we were all about the same age. But then there were like three other couples and they were all in like their 40s and 50s. And then there was that one old guy who came with his caretaker and then just like mysteriously stopped showing up. I forgot about him. 
R.I.P. old guy with your caretaker. Yes. Also, our dance instructor was super a backup dancer for Michael Jackson back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I also love the fact that it was her and this, like, teeny tiny little woman. And they taught the class. And they so, were very inspiring for us because I am a tall teen. Michael Jackson backup dancer. And I'm a teeny tiny little woman. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it was a good time. So I really enjoyed that scene just because of the number of times that Matthew and I have danced around other people's mm-hmm. kitchens. And We're still pretty good at ballroom dancing, if I say so myself. Yeah, we haven't tested those skills out in a while, and I'm not eager to do so. I mean, we haven't tested it together. I remember the dance steps every once in a while, just to, you know, not get rusty. Matthew sometimes likes to surprise dip me, and he thinks it's very funny. It is very funny. It's not very funny you at know, all. I'm sorry, it's not very funny because I don't do it when there's an audience around, because you've expressly forbidden me to do it. And yes. it'd be so much funnier if there's an audience to both laugh at you being freaked out, and be super impressed with my dipping skills. Uh-huh, and then laugh at you when I hit you in the scrotum. Yes, that's true. That would be the, the third piece of that comedy routine. Speaking of dipping, I would like to make a shout-out to one of our friends who told us once recently that he specifically took a girl to prom so he'd have someone to dip in their prom picture. Yep. Oh, gays. Hey, girl. What you doing? <laughs> okay! Back so, to the romance. So, back to the romantic-ish Ballroom dancing, right? because apparently, according to my notes, according to Will, gay men don't ballroom dance, which just, sure again. Right. But, okay. They ballroom dance with their girlfriends. <coughs> yes, but not with each other. Right. But uh, I thought that was, I mean, it was a cute scene. Yes. The problem was, it was exactly the kind of scene that, being Grace for once, it's exactly the sort of scene that would play up all those insecurities. Because you are acting out a fake romantic scene mm-hmm. with your best friend who could if in theory be a romantic replacement for you mm-hmm. if you just decided to give up on love forever. That's true. I suppose I could see that. Mm-hmm. And I guess I have in the past recalled times when you've gotten a little squicked out when I was like joking around with you and called you like snoogly woogly or something mm-hmm. and then you were I mean to be like, fair you do the same thing when I do that. No I just really don't like it when you call me snoogly woogly. Why not snoogly woogly? We're in public. Well no we're not. We're recording a podcast in our apartment. But we're on the radio. People can hear this. Six of one half dozen another. Anyways, snoogly woogly. If you don't want us to say snoogly woogly, send us a tweet at not a couple show. Yay, Twitter. <laughs> what if we just did that? Just like every like 15 seconds, like took a pause and be like, if you don't like that we're doing this, <laughs> please send us a tweet at I feel like not that a couple backfire. show. If you don't like what we're doing, don't do that. Or but only do it if you like it. Yeah, if you like it, definitely do it. For sure. If you like it, then you should put a tweet on it. <laughs> if you like it, then you should put a tweet on it. But that, but more to the point, I think that's a brilliant scene, first yes. of all. And second of all, I see exactly how it trips on all the insecurities. Yes. And Which I don't really understand because I have to say, if you were watching Will in that scene, it was like the gayest fucking thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just so, like, into himself and just, mm-hmm. like, swinging his hips in a very oh, yes. non-hetero way. And so just, like, she's standing there, like, aghast with, like, a fucking flower I mean, in he's dancing for a good 30 seconds. And he's just like, ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to leave? And yeah, and that was my favorite because, like, that just shows how often that has happened, that mm. they have that exact choreography <laughs> down. And then when she pauses and looks a little bemused or whatever, his response is immediately like, oh, Gracie, what's wrong? It's just, oh, did you want to leave? Right. Because that has happened before. Right. That's how that works when this thing happens. It's just how this goes now, down. I know before I ask this question that this is 100% too explicit for late 90s, early 2000s NBC first show about gays. Mm-hmm. But is there ever any conversation about whether or not Will prefers to be the leader or the follower in the bedroom? Oh, no, I don't think 
think so. Yeah, I, I can't am, imagine. I'm pretty positive that the top bottom conversation I, doesn't. I, I, I could see. I could see Jack getting the bottom jokes, but coded a little bit differently. Yes, I could totally see Jack getting coded bottom jokes, and if I recall correctly, I feel like that does happen. Right. Because I think I think if you were literally doing Will and Grace like part and parcel today, I feel like that would come up if only because. There's cultural ways that people identify right. as tops or bottoms, or I people like, are identified that way. Right. I feel like that if there's anything, it might be some sort of like icky kind of like early 2000s, late 90s sort of like, are you the pitcher or the hitter? Right, exactly. Like not a nuanced understanding of that. Like, I don't really understand it. Oh, it's pitcher or catcher. Yes, I was going to say it's There not, we go. I was like, what are you hitting with? Is it your penis? I don't understand this metaphor straight no, people. No, a pitcher and a hitter would not work at all. Okay, that'd be, pitcher and that'd catcher. be two penises bumping together. Oh, we've done this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only used two ones. penises to knit a sweater, by the way. Like if they were both erect. I don't want to dignify that question with a response. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly onward. Let's talk about Jack. Just Jack. Just Jack. Okay, so let's talk about Jack's taxes. Disclaimer, because this isn't going to be airing during tax season, but as we mentioned before, we're recording these, you know. A little in advance. Just to be safe. And this is coming out for us. We're sitting in our room, and it's tax season, and I'm fucking broke. Yeah, he is. To to put it quickly, because I don't know whether or not I'm opening myself up to legal action by discussing this, through a series of miscommunications that could have been my fault, but are but not statistically weren't. likely, I didn't have my income tax withheld all year. So that, that was painful. It was a bit of a pickle. I felt Jack's pain in this episode when he came to Will... And he's like, Will, do my taxes, help. Well, actually, it was a bit more like, Will, I have this red letter from the IRS and I don't know what it means. Yes. And then Will's like, oh, fucking Oh, no, I have to fix this. And then Jack's like, that's great because I've got 30 of these. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was. My Sean Hayes impression could use some work. It could probably could, but it's fine. He just like can't even understand why he has to pay taxes. He's just (laughs) befuddled. Mm-hmm. Like, he just doesn't understand. And I, I really found it very strange that he, like, made an offhand comment about how if he's going to pay the taxes, he wants to be able to designate where his tax dollars go. I mean, that's an argument that a lot of people make, but yes. they're a lot smarter than Jack. Yes, but his argument was for AIDS research, which, weird. And, but cool. But cool. And then shorter shorts for army dudes. Um, but let's circle back to the AIDS research thing. Mm-hmm. That felt weird to me. I think that... The reason it was weird was because it was really cool that it got mentioned. Yes. And it definitely probably would have gotten mentioned yes. for a gay man of Jack's age. But it wouldn't have been so off the cuff. That was the thing. Is I just sat there and I'm like doing the math in my head and I'm like, oh fuck. I mean, didn't you come out like in the 80s? Yeah. Like, um, like, I feel like it probably wouldn't have been such a flip, like jokey thing. Because right. like, it's very likely that he's known some people who've died. Right. Of the it's almost, it's. It would be very unlikely for either Jack or Will not to. Right. I'm sure the show, if the show ever gets into that, which I'm sure it doesn't, but it wouldn't be for a long time. And so the show is trying to pay lip service. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. Because there's a lot of throwaway jokes you could have thrown in that scene for Jack. That's true. So Um, I guess I'd rather that he throw away a joke about something that he'd actually like his tax dollars go to. Exactly. Versus something like... I can rationalize why Jack, as a character, would have responded that way better than I could. Some of the other throwaway lines that have seemed kind of like fillers or right. lip service, you know? Right, but I just felt so weird about it because, like, no, in no other scene that I can recall off the top of my head, does Jack McFarland ever express any concern, interest, anything about AIDS? Which, you know, which, you know, but also at the same time...
same time, I feel like in 1998, the AIDS crisis isn't over. Right. Um, I feel like you really can't have a gay show without at least dropping the A-bomb mm-hmm. once or twice. So it's kind of just like, eh, iffy, but... But it certainly caught my ear in Yes, I, I went, what? Mm-hmm. Partly, and it's funny, but partly because I didn't expect it. The show has really not presented itself in a way that suggests that it's going to do things like that. Right. It doesn't come across as in any way progressive. You know. At least not viewing it 20 years out. Right. Like, I expect that every character on that show is going to vote Democrat, but I also expect that every single character on that show is not voting for Bernie Sanders if they're still alive in 2016. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, they're, they are a Democrat of their time. Yes. Which is to say that they are voting for Hillary Clinton. Yes. We kind of lost the thread here. Okay. Like a lot. We were talking about Jack and Taxes. I mean, there's not really much else to say about yeah. that. It was... I did find it funny, though, that his, like, avoiding the IRS and paying any taxes for, like, what appears to be his entire adult life. Yes. Um, the amount he owed was less than what you owed this year. Yes. And I'm sure... <laughs> and, like, with inflation, too, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, it just... That was... It was it was funny, but it was also kind of frustrating watching the episode, like, after all that buildup. And, like, for a very thin B-plot, it was like, oh, well, you owe $2,000 to the IRS. And then Matthew was just like, the fuck? And then he hulked out. Threw some shit. Flipped the table. Well, and then Will was going to pay it, of course. Yes. Which and is then, my favorite part. Which I, and just like, Jack's just like, <laughs> And Will's just like, yup, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wow. what I'm saying is, I need a Will. Yeah, we need Wills in our I, lives. I need people who pay for my Where taxes. there's a Will, there is no way you will have to pay your tax bill. Huzzah! That's the real title. That's me. the real title. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's a thin B-plot. Karen doesn't really have a plot at all. She kind of has a C-plot, which yeah, is that... Not really, even... She's Karen. She's just Karen, and she just shows up to... While she's wearing, like, a sheer leather, like, leopard print, <laughs> like, shirt to button down, and then she just looks looks at Grace, and she's like, no, honey, we talked about this blouse. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, ouch! And then she, like, tries to push drugs on her, because Grace is all like, I made... Chinese food for breakfast in a walk, and I'm in a funk, and la la la. And then she's like, let's get out the Rolodex, and... The Rolodex. And da 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 da, it's time for my favorite segment of the week, how the fuck is Grace Adler still employed? <laughs> because then she and Karen go through her Rolodex. Hey, she got her assistant to do it for her. Okay, she and Karen go through her Rolodex <laughs> during together. work hours right. together, so she can call boys. Mm-hmm. I did find it amusing, though, that they invited Karen to the poker game. Yes, that was pretty Mostly funny. just... So that Will could be a bitch to Grace. Yes. But it was still fantastic because oh Karen gosh. in a poker game is just... Her Her and Jack both. Also, I feel bad for the two straight people who are still in that game. Yeah, I don't understand what's happening there. I feel like they need to get out. Like, someone needs to They're put them in like, in, like, witness protection or something. And just They gotta go. I don't... Yeah. They just get rid of them. They're just filler. Yeah. Um, I did... Let's talk about that poker game a bit. So, basically, Grace has another boring date. Right. And she comes home to find that, like, Will's having a good time without her. Playing mm-hmm. poker with Jack and Karen and the two rando straights. Right. So then she comes home in what appears to be a prom dress and is just like, yeah, I figured it out. It wasn't you. You're not the reason I'm not interested in dudes. And then was like, I'm just oh, dead inside. Right. And then was like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't talk to you right now. I'm experiencing, I think, does he actually call it will time? Yes. I, I don't remember what he calls it, but he's just like, um, no, I, if I remember correctly, like, we're not supposed to spend time together right now. Yes. That's the part of the episode where Will is most like you. <laughs> because that's exactly what you would do to me if I pulled that shit on you. I mean, yes, to be fair. But also, if you pulled that shit on me and you would, like, 
stormed in at breakfast to be like, we can't eat breakfast together anymore. And we can't do this or that. And I'm just like, I don't need fucking breakfast. But uh-huh. I would have been like, why are you being such a crazy asshole right now? I wouldn't have been like. This episode would have been resolved a lot sooner. Okay, crazy. Mm-hmm. But, but I do like the resolution of the episode. The resolution I like, of the episode is I good. like that, not like Grace learns the error of her ways, but like <laughs> Grace like goes on a date, realizes it's terrible, comes home, and then both realizes that she made a mistake. Yes. And realizes that she hurt Will's feelings. Yes. And then I think apologizes, or kind TV of, apologizes, yeah. where everyone's happy again. Yes. And then she is rewarded by the universe cosmically yes. by walking into the elevator and finding the cute dude. Yes. Um, I have a few things to say about that. Um, <laughs> first of all, I did enjoy Jack's commentary on the fact that it was clearly just like a very special episode where we all learn a lesson. Because he makes a joke about, this week Joey teaches Blossom a valuable <laughs> lesson about self-love. And then when Grace gets rewarded cosmically, I did really enjoy that the guy she's chatting up in the elevator is fucking Cole from Charmed. Or I think his name was Christian on Nip Tuck. This means nothing to me. Basically, this guy was like an early aughts sort of like sex box that like everyone was super into. He was on like a no. lot of cable television. And I'm just staring at it being like, oh, the 90s were not kind to you, sir. Oh. Listeners, take a vote on in Twitter or on Tumblr about which of the two shows, Charmed or Nip Tuck, we should watch after we get done with this show in, you know, like five years. Do we have to? Well, if we're going to keep the same structure of me knowing everything and you knowing nothing, let's watch Charmed. Well, it is very comforting when you know everything and I know nothing. It's just like real life. Tune in next week for Charmed <laughs> Chats. No, I don't. No, I don't know work. how that works. We got we to gotta workshop this. We've got time. This is another episode that's not written by the creator, so we're getting into that stretch of, yes. you know, not filler episodes, but like slice of life episodes. Yes. We're and getting... it's, it's kind of nice to watch Will and Grace not have their shit together. Yes, I think it's very interesting to kind of see them as, like, this idea, you were talking about it earlier um, when we were chatting off mic before my mother called. Um, (laughs) We were talking about how you thought it was really nice that the episode kind of ends with, like, Will and Grace are a work in progress just like us all. Right. I mean, and it's it's actually even more comforting than it is people watching the show who identify with these characters better than us, because we've still got, like, an extra, like, what? Five to ten years on them. Oh yeah, to we've, get our ship together. We've got lots of time, so it's very reassuring for us. But I mean, just in general, like they are best friends and they're really close and they've known each other for years, and they still have issues. Yes, just like everybody else. Yes, that made that didn't give me a little feel goody moment, just because whenever we have like a spat or a fight or we're mm-hmm. not agreeing on something that seems fundamental, right? It's like, oh no, is this not meant to be? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well. Clearly, Will and Grace are. Right. So we can be, too. <laughs> and then it's like, high five. Yeah. We did it. Did it. Unfortunately, this is convincing me that we need to move somewhere with an elevator because I'm not meeting anyone sexy on the stairwell. Well, okay. So what you're saying is you want to meet someone sexy from Nip Tuck or Charmed on an elevator. I mean, or any other popular show no. or medium of any sort. Those are your only Preferably choices. not Charmed or Nip Tuck. Charmed or Nip Tuck. Actually, Drew Fuller from Charmed is very cute. Okay, we're going to check that out off mic and we'll come back to it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. Yeah, this has been super, super great. I've been really enjoying chatting with you, Matthew, and I'm hoping everyone else enjoyed chatting with us. I'm enjoying chatting with you as well. Chat, chat. If you'd like to keep chatting with us, there's a couple different ways you can do that. Uh, the first one is to check us out on Twitter at Not A Couple Show or check us out on Tumblr at notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com. Or send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, and I will be happy to retweet you or at reply you or answer your ask box messages.
messages? I or? sent you a smutty direct message if that's what you're into. Ooh, I would super do that. I would Ugh. I would write smut for How followers. dirty can you get in 140 characters? You don't want to know. <laughs> Anyways, so thanks again for listening, everyone. Um, and please make sure you check us out on social media. Give us a follow. Subscribe on iTunes. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Whatever works for you. Yeah. All right. So I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not, Not a, a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Wow. Eliza, I love you. Let's go to bed. This episode of Not a Couple was brought to you by the Epiphany Sweats. The Epiphany Sweats. And you poetic and noble landmark man. Thank you for giving me the epiphany sweats. I said merman. That's fine. Merman! <laughs> I love you. <laughs>